The good news is that you don't need to sit down and read the Bible from cover to cover in one massive chunk. All you need to do is read it one bit at a time. G'day everyone, my name is Mark Schroeder and welcome to Schroeder's Bible Bits. I'm a college chaplain and my job is to teach children and youth the wonderful truths that are found in God's Word, the Bible. I speak at chapels, at youth services, at church services, I teach at kids clubs and lunchtime Bible groups. Uh, At all of these places, I always teach from the Bible because I'm convinced that from the Bible, we get to learn about God and how He has loved us and how He has saved us through Jesus. Tune in and continue to learn about Jesus for yourself, not in one chunk, but bit by bit. Hi everyone, here's another podcast from Chapel here at the school that I work at. Uh, It's continuing our series on Genesis, and today I look at Genesis chapter 2. This talk uh, could be titled, The Hope for Humanity, uh, as we see that God creates people and places them in a very good garden. Uh, The question I ask though is, what's the slogan that you put under this hope-filled image? Uh, and based on that slogan, how does that affect us? And could that slogan also be attached to us and to our lives because of the Lord Jesus? I hope you enjoy this next one uh, on Genesis chapter 2. Uh, well, welcome you nine to chapel today. Uh, we're continuing our series on Genesis, right? Uh, we've looked at Genesis chapter 1. We focus in on the first two verses of Genesis so far, where we see God. He was one who was first. There is no doubt. In the Bible, from the Bible, that we learn that he is real, that he exists, and he is over all things. As we move on in Genesis, we see all that God does, and God has made everything with order and intention, and it's very good. Today, we're going to continue and look at Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to zoom in now on this moment about humans. And what I want you to think about is, as you learn about this moment and as you consider what God has done as he places mankind in his good creation, what is the slogan that is put underneath them, so to speak, in that snapshot? If you've got a nice photo of them and everything that goes on, what would be the slogan that you would attach to this scene? What I mean by slogan is like this. Here is this symbol. What's this symbol representing? Nike, right? What's the slogan that goes underneath Nike? Just do it. It's probably one of the most common slogans that you'll ever find. Nike, just do it. What about this one, Skittles? What's the slogan for Skittles? Oh, I think somebody said it. Yeah, somebody said it. It is Taste the Rainbow. Skittles, Taste the Rainbow. Uh, As we keep on going, keep thinking. What about this one? Here's Disneyland. What's the slogan for Disneyland? Does anyone know it? Put your hand up if you know it. No, it's not something about magic. Here it comes. You ready? The slogan for Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. (laughs) It's one of those things that you see it, you just go, I knew that. Okay, next one. Mars, as in Mars bar, not the planet Mars. This is an oldie, but it's a goodie. It's been around for a very long time. I'll be surprised if you know it. Mars. Does anyone know? I'll give you a hint. It's three words. Mars, the slogan for Mars is work, rest, play. Have you heard that before? No. 
Yeah. So I think it's interesting, right? Instead of an apple a day keeps a doctor away, Mars have said a Mars a day for work, rest or play. That's what they were saying. That's the slogan that they promoted. This is a very old one. Do the teachers in the room remember that one? All right. Uh, here we go. KFC. Yeah, you nailed it. It's finger looking good. You know, no joke, I heard the other day, I read the other day, that I think KFC have had to just pull back on this one due to COVID. <laughs> we don't want people licking their fingers in COVID season. Anyway, I don't know if that's true, but so I read it. Um, and last one, Maccas. Ah, yeah, good. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So, you know, and can I get your focus now? It's good to have that light-hearted moment. But now, think. We're thinking about these slogans and these advertising pictures here from different companies because as we look at Genesis chapter 2, we see that God creates mankind. And I want to ask, what's the slogan that we attach to it? Okay. And I think as we think, look at this verse, I want you to keep an eye out for chapter 2 verse 7. It's up on the screen and it says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils a breath of life and the man became a living being. This is a, an amazing picture. An amazing picture of what God has done as he creates people and as he places them in his very good world. And so uh, as we think about the slogan, hopefully you notice that there is hope for humanity. Okay, there is hope for humanity. This is good. All right, so let's jump into it. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 25. Hand up if you've read this chapter already in your hash tutor. Okay, let's, uh, let's read it right now then. Here's what it says. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now, no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up for the Lord God had not yet set rain on the earth and there was no one to work the ground. But streams come up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. Pause there. Do you remember when we looked at the days of creation, we saw that on the sixth day, God created all of the land creatures and that included humanity. It doesn't go into much detail in Genesis chapter 1. But here in Genesis chapter 2, we zoom in now on what God does as he makes people and as he places them in the garden. And so this is what it says about mankind in verse 8. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man that he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden was a tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden and there it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first was the Pishon. It winds through the entire land of the Havilah where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic resin and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is the Gihon and it winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris and it runs along the east side of Ashur. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, It's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a suitable helper for him. 
Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock and all the birds of the sky and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib that he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. And that's why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Adam and Eve were both naked and they felt no shame. Count up if this is a familiar passage to you. Yeah, great. Uh, It's like chapter two of the Bible, right? So if you start to read the Bible with all enthusiasm at the beginning of the year, it's one of the ones that you pick up and you read pretty easy. It reads as a simple story, doesn't it? But actually, as we read this, you should be inspired to realise that there is hope for humanity, right? It's good to be a human. It's good to be created by God. God is busy establishing all these wonderful things in creation and he creates people and he puts people in his garden and then God establishes a good and a right way for humanity. Did you see that? Did you see all the good things that God has given people in the garden? All the right ways of life that God has given to Adam and to Eve? Did you see that in that chapter? Let's zoom in on some of those right now. So first of all, in verse 7, we see that God breathes into them the breath of life in this up close and intimate kiss of life moment isn't it that God breathes into Adam's nostrils the breath of life it really has that sort of feeling of his mouth over the top of Adam's face breathing into him this life so that he would be alive and get stuck into life that God has made for him and then God puts him in this beautiful garden in verse 8 a glorious garden It's lovely. It's quite, it fills our imagination with this wonderful image, doesn't it? Maybe you think about those storybook Bibles from when you were a child and all the lovely bright colours and the animals and the cute little animals crawling around and Adam and and Eve sort of just strutting around the garden, enjoying that community that they have in the garden. It was a lovely place, the Bible describes. They're even given good food in the garden, all kinds of different trees that they can eat in verse 9. They're even given land and rivers and places to explore. Did you notice there that it talked about gold? It spoke about resin and it spoke about onyx. Did you notice that? That's a weird piece of detail, isn't it? But if you know that there was gold up in those hills over there and you had a spare hour to kill and a shovel in the back of the car, what are you going to go do? You're going to go dig it up, aren't you? You're going to go and explore and see, can I find some of this gold? Can I find some of this resin and this onyx? Can I fashion these things into something else that's useful and wonderful and good? God gives them this wonderful world to investigate, to explore. He even in verse 15 gives them roles in creation so that they would rule over it and to work it and to keep it. And it's not that work was bad, work was good. You know those days when you, I don't know if you have these, I have these, that you go to work or you go to do some work in the backyard or you sit down to do some study And by the end of it, you go, you know what? That was satisfying and good. It can be good to work. For us, we go, it's good to work sometimes, but sometimes we feel tired and exhausted. Not here in the garden. It was good for them to work. It was a blessing from God that they could work and to care for God's creation. And in fact, they were put in charge over all things. 
And then in verse 24, we see God sees that it's not good that Adam is alone. And so God makes for him a suitable helper. He makes for him a wife, a woman. He makes for him Eve, right? And so together they can live in love and relationship together. In verse 25, we see that they are stark naked, but yet there is no shame in this garden. They're not embarrassed by their bodies in front of each other. There's no judgment. They get on with life and it's very good. And the best thing about all of this is in verse 9. I skimmed over it earlier on, but I'm going to highlight it now. In verse 9, in the middle of the garden, is the best tree of all. The tree of life. A tree that they can go and pick the fruit from and eat whenever they want, so they might continue to live. Do you see here, you know, that there is hope for humanity in God's garden. Can you see that? Such hope. What a life to live. They're made in harmony with God. They're made in harmony with each other. They're made in harmony with all creation. There's opportunity for them to find blessing and prosperity and success. And they have access to a wonderful and a glorious life. There is hope for humanity. And so let me come back to that question that I told you I was going to ask. What's the slogan that you would attach to this moment? Talk to the person next to you. What slogan would you put next to this moment? If you took a photo of Adam and Eve standing in the garden with this big, wonderful picture of hope for humanity, what slogan would you print underneath them? Go, what's the slogan? Talk about it. I'm going to get your feedback in a sec. Okay, Um, so what's the slogan that you came up with? Um, So I'm going to go from this side first. I'm going to come across to there, uh, and I might come back depending on how much we've got. So somebody, hey, you know, somebody from here, what's the slogan that you attribute to this moment of the Bible? Yes. A marvellous creation. A marvellous creation. Great, I like it. What about in the middle here? What's the slogan? (laughs) Sorry, Um, can you guys listen? Can you say that again? MA15 plus. It seems a bit like that. There's two nude people running around a garden, eating and drinking and having a great time. It seems a bit adult themed, doesn't it? Um, Sure, I reckon we can do better though. Somebody here, what did we say? What's the slogan that you attribute to this scene? Come on, guys, don't let the crew down. Anyone? Anyone else before I continue on? As I thought about it, first of all, I thought, you know what, we could do eat, drink and be merry. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Eat, drink and be merry. There's plenty of stuff to do. Maybe just a single word, enjoy. Or go nuts. Or freedom. You know that song? What's that song? Um, is, it, is it Mars Bruno? Yeah, someone sang it a moment ago. That freedom song. Maybe, maybe, maybe that could be a theme song for it. But actually, I think that what we find is that we discover the slogan here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 to 17. And this is what it says, remember? The Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you'll certainly die. It's a bit long, that slogan, isn't it? So let's simplify it a little bit. Here's the slogan, free to live, free to die. There's a slogan for humanity. 
God puts humanity in the garden with every opportunity to live a wonderful life. There is definitely hope for humanity. Don't we agree? But then God says this, you are free. You are free to live and you are free to die. Because if they eat the tree of life, what's going to happen? They live. If they eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil, what will certainly happen? Die. Whose choice is this? It's theirs. This is Adam and Eve's decision. They've got everything good. They have every free opportunity. What are they going to choose? Are they going to choose life or are they going to choose death? Now put yourself for a moment in that situation. What would you choose? Right? What would you choose? You've got this slogan now. You've been given every opportunity to live this wonderful life. What would you do? What would you choose? Life or would you choose death? The thing is, right, I think we go, you know what? It's obvious, right? We want to choose life. Don't we want to choose life? Don't we want everything good? Don't we want blessing? Don't we want harmony instead of discord? Think about it. Next week is harmony week. Next week is Harmony Week in Australia. And so I don't know if it's worldwide, actually, but it's Harmony Week next week. And our goal, hey, listen, our goal is to live in harmony with people. We want harmony. So why would we choose death over life? Let's choose life. We don't want want curse over blessing. We want blessing. Like we want prosperity over poverty. We want life over death. Why would we choose the downers instead of the uppers? But the thing is, you have the same slogan. That slogan from God for Adam and Eve is the same slogan that you and I have today. You have every opportunity, don't you? God has given you life to live. You're free to live, but you're free to die. So which one do you choose? You know what this moment is? This moment... As we realise that we have free to live and free to die opportunity, this is your Adam and Eve moment. You see, for us, the difference is that Jesus comes, God makes himself known to us, and Jesus dies on the cross for us, doesn't he? Before he does that, he clearly explains who he is and why he has come. Jesus comes and he says this in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We're going to choose Jesus so that we would live. And so, here's your Adam and Eve moment. What do you choose? As young kids, maybe the first time you heard this Adam and Eve story, you think, come on, Adam and Eve, this is easy. The option is clear. Choose Jesus today. Choose choose life today for Adam and Eve. But it's just as obvious for you too. What do you choose? You know, you're free to live. You're free to die. But realise the day that there is hope for you. You don't have to die. Because we have hope. And and hope, his name is Jesus. The cool thing in the Bible, in Proverbs, it talks about living a good life. The Bible wants to encourage us to do what makes our face cheerful. Think for a moment, what makes your face cheerful? There's all kinds of things, aren't there? Good food, good fun. Good jobs, good work, a fresh haircut, a great game of sport. There's all these things that make our face cheerful and happy. But the thing is, these are not the things that give us eternal and forever, like forever hope. 
Jesus is that hope. And so, Genesis chapter 2 reminds us today to choose Jesus. Let me stretch you one more moment because we've got like two minutes and I, as I read this, I couldn't help but think about this verse from Deuteronomy chapter 30. God's people, they're given a whole set of rules and laws so that they would do life well for God in Deuteronomy. And at the end of Deuteronomy 30, this is what God says to his people, right? And as you think about this, and as you hear these words, consider for a moment that God says these same things to us because of the Lord Jesus, because hope is in front of us. This is what God says. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land that he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. You know, and the Lord is your life. The Lord Jesus is your life. He is the way, the truth and the life. He is the only way to the Father. So Genesis chapter 2 encourages us to choose Him. That is where the hope for humanity is found. Let's pray today. Almighty God, we thank You that You made us and You love us. We thank You for Your sovereign and good rule over us. And we thank you for the place that you have given us in creation. Lord, please help us to take the opportunities that you have given us. Help us to enjoy our day today. Help us to enjoy life. Um, Lord, we pray that you'll help us to find the things that make our faces cheerful and happy. But Lord, above these things, help us to choose life with Jesus. Help us to be wise today and choose life over death. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can get in contact with me via Twitter at MRKSchroeder or on the Anchor app, you can actually leave a voice message. I'd love you to do that and I might include it in the next podcast. Catch you later.